Welcome to Emily T. Gale Talks Golf and Other Sports here on ESPN Radio, AM 815 Hilo, AM 790 in Kona. I got an opportunity to come back up to uh, Halua Loa to John Kunataki's Coffee Mill. What a what a wonderful sight this is! I remember John. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you, Emily. <laughs> I love coming up here. It just has such a great feeling because I remember when this was just uh, wow. It was a mill that had been had all kind of fallen in, and you restored it over. When did you start that? Like 1986 or something? Oh, it was in 1984 or 85, uh-huh. I believe. Yeah. And what a wonderful job you did with it. And it's been such a, a, a focal point for a lot of new farmers that have come to this island, hasn't it? You've taught a yeah, lot of this, people yeah. how to do everything from drying to how to install. I think when I remember when you put in a diesel. Was it a diesel engine you put yeah. in? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a good learning place. Uh, it's like a beginner's mill. Anybody can run a mill like this. When you were a kid... You were a farmer. Yes. Lived in Hilo Aloha. Twelve in the family. Twelve, 12 siblings. Thirteen of you. Thirteen. Is it twelve or thirteen? I, I think it's thirteen. I come from a family think, of seven, I and I, I think that's a lot. I, I think thirteen, yes. Six brothers and six sisters. Yeah. Thirteen in the family. And and I know all your family now. You were the first one I met, and I met you in, back in 1981 when I came to do the Ironman, one of the first events here in Kona. And uh, met you. You were with a wealthy horse owner in who was from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. And at the time, I didn't know you, but I later found out that you were a jockey. Uh, and you started hanging out at my store in Detroit and running in my foot races that I had. And and you rode a lot of races. But at the time, I thought you had kind of started your running at that time. But did you run in high school? Did you go to Konawina High School? And were you yeah, on the track I, team? Or maybe I ran once or twice, and that's it. Uh... I didn't uh, start running actually until I was late. I was about 38 years old. I so was it in Detroit when it you was, really started yeah, running I, my runs? I, I read in the paper that there were 3,500 runners in the Detroit Free Press Marathon. and uh, so, But I knew I could always do it. It wasn't, you uh-huh. know, I knew I could do it. I just knew it. Well, you knew how to come run in our races, and you knew how to party, too, because oh. there were great parties in the street, weren't oh, they? Oh, my goodness, yeah. You, you, you did an awesome job there. And uh, we had a couple of them. One of them went through Tiger Stadium, oh. which, which has now been, a half of it's been torn down. They're trying to save the other half. But there's new Comerica Park. has been, been uh, Mike, Mike Illich has, owns the, the Tigers now. Oh, I uh, see. Di- oh. At the time that we ran that race, we did it with Tom Monahan, who was, that we produced it with Tom. He was uh, the new owner of the Detroit Tigers then and the owners of Domino's Pizza. And he and Mike Illich, who owns Little Caesars, were very competitive. And Mike Illich had bought the Red Wings, and Tom Monahan had the, the Tigers. And Yeah, it, as I recall, you were hooked up with Domino's. Domino's, with your, with your yeah. race. It was called and, Emily and, and Pooh and, and Domino's yeah, Pizza, and too. And at one time, Midas Muffler. Yeah, Midas. Those, uh, you know. Yeah. We did a lot of very were, innovative you were, things. Uh, so far advancing your way of thinking. Was to draw that many people in your races, it, it was unbelievable. Well, you know, the key was when we did the first race, we only had a run, 100 runners through the streets of Detroit, and there was a columnist who, who made fun of it, said they had to have 100 policemen because it was so dangerous. But our whole focal point was that we were doing it to get people to come down into the city, and year after year it grew, and it just multiplied, and people discovered that it was safe to run in the streets, and we always had a great party at the finish line, and 
a couple hundred kegs of beers and dancing beer and dancing in the streets. And police would always say, well, the worst thing that happened was a case of blisters. And we actually were the forerunner to the Detroit Free Press Marathon. Even the Carol Kai race, she picked up on our event. And a lot of what she did when she started her race was modeled after our a race in Detroit, because in those days, not too many people were having races that really had parties in the streets. But we uh, we were also were great friends with Fred LeBeau from the New York Roadrunners Club, involved in the original uh, Fifth Avenue Mile, all kinds of great fun things. But for yourself, John, I want to talk a little bit about how you became a jockey. You were uh, in the farming business with your family, graduated from high school, didn't want to stay in the farming business. You had never ridden horses before. And you went over to California and worked in the stables? Yeah. The uh, one reason why I left Hawaii is because the coffee market had crashed. And my father came to the fields and told me not to pick the coffee because we couldn't sell it. So I thought, well, I'll go. After high school, I'd go somewhere. But I always knew there were, there was something out there for myself, something better. And I... Uh, Went to California and got a job cleaning stalls, you know, like shoveling horse poop. And yep. I thought that was the greatest job ever <laughs> because I had a place to stay. I slept with the, at the barn with the horses, and I could eat. I had enough money to eat at the cafeteria uh, with the other jockeys or the help. Then I graduated to uh, being an exercise boy. You know, that's the guy who gets the horses ready for the jockeys, and... I was very fortunate. Some trainer picked me up, and within two years, I turned pro. And when you were shoveling the horse manure and, and brushing the horses and walking them, did you think to yourself, I can I could be a jockey? I never I never thought of it. Really? Never even dreamed okay. to become a jockey. I was happy doing what I was doing. We're talking with John Kunitaki. John is the founder of the Kona Marathon coming up on June 28th. It's on a Sunday. It's a marathon, half marathon, a 10K and a 5K, and there's still plenty of time to enter. Uh, right up almost to race day, but you can go to KonaMarathon.com. But John had a wonderful career as a jockey for many years, and I knew him in Detroit when he was riding out there at, at uh, Detroit Racetrack, I think it was, right? Yes, and uh, uh, Hazel Park, I, Michigan also. So this trainer took you under his wing? Yes. And he thought you could be a jockey. He knew I could be one. Uh-huh. And his wife told told him to choose me out of, like, 200 other boys. So women has been a great part of my life. Beginning of my career until even now. Look, I'm hanging out with you still. After all these years. <laughs> You've always had a lot of female Wahini friends. <laughs> it's, no Wahini, no life. Yeah, well, <laughs> without women, I might as well evaporate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's always been the wonderful spirit about you. Yeah, I remember that in Detroit, even at the races and stuff. Everybody, all the women loved being around you. So what? So what was the what was the progression of uh, when this trainer took you under his wing? You said two years later you were actually you turned professional. Did you run in little? Ra- I mean, how do they start a jockey out as an apprentice? Or I mean, yeah, what? you had to sign a contract in those days, and okay. I was too young, so they sent the papers back home to my parents. And uh, opening day in Denver. Uh, well, I went to Idaho first, and went to Omaha, and. Opening day in Denver, I was named on two horses. Was that your very first race? Very first race. Okay. First Do you remember those yes. first days? Like, like Putting on yesterday. your uniform and everything? Yes. And the uh, first horse I rode finished fifth or sixth, and the second horse I rode that day won. And I had all these people coming to the winner's circle. 
And I wondered, why, why the, what's all the fuss about? And it just never ended. You know, it's just, it came and, because I didn't do any work, the horse just drugged me to the front. Well, I've seen pictures of you in the winter circle and people all around you, and you, you, uh, you sit on that horse like the, the king of the hill. You know, well, you were born to be a winner. But what do you, what do you remember about winning? I mean, how fast are you going in a race when, when you're on the horse? Were you ever scared? Were you nervous? What was the feeling in that first uh, the, race? Because uh, it's pretty dangerous. Well, you don't know that it's dangerous. You don't realize that, uh, it's a dangerous sport. Because you have no fear. You have, uh, nothing can happen to you. When you're a pro, you don't know what fear is. Which is what makes you a good jockey. Yeah, right? you don't. You, you have to ride without the fear. Yeah, you have, you, you're invincible. I was invincible at one time in my life. And I knew that nobody can hurt me. And I, I was right. <laughs> What was the progression after Denver? I mean, that, when, okay, you're on you're on the, the winner, same horse with same owner for that those yes, two races. Yes. So he saw you as a winner. Yes. You claimed it wasn't the horse, but let's face it, a lot of people do think the jockey has a whole lot to do with it. Well, I think it was the horse. Okay. Yeah, I would say most time it's the horse. And where did it go from there? I just kept on riding. What were this in Denver, or did they? Take I came back to place? California for a couple of years, then uh -huh. I migrated east. Okay. To Chicago and Detroit, and all the way back to New York. How many years did you ride? I rode for 20 years. Wow. I, then I, then I guess I, I'd forgotten it was I that decided long. I better come home and uh, raise some coffee and uh, get back here because I know that people in Cornwall, they were having a hard time. And the hard times won't leave you alone. They always come back to haunt you. So if I could help a little bit, that's what I wanted to do. In terms of coming back with the knowledge you had yes. of, of how to yeah. grow coffee and because it wasn't yeah. foreign to me, right. I al already had the basic idea of processing and everything because we all had our own meals in those days. You were awfully patient, the way you came back here and cut down trees by hand and planted, and you knew you had the vision. I mean, you just you you just didn't stop. You were relentless about it, weren't you? I I yeah, I think that. Everybody has a vision, you know. Everybody know what they want. Uh, I myself change as the years go by. I'm I'm thinking of uh, like planting new trees, which I'm doing currently at my own farm, and it's it's getting very nice. It's like hardwood trees, like coal and sandwood, mahogany, and things like that. We should plant more trees. I've noticed that the weather has changed since we've sort of developed uh, Kona. The, uh, it doesn't rain as much now, so I think we should all think about the next generation. So I'm planting for the next generation. You're drifting a little bit away from the coffee. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. You sure did produce a lot of coffee over the years. I can remember coming up here and just be stacks of coffee everywhere, yeah. bags uh -huh. of it and drying it and everything. And, uh, and, and meanwhile, you've been terrific runner over the years. You have run... So many races over the last 10, 15 years, and from all distances, marathons and the Aloha Games. And, and how has the running played a part in your whole mental well-being? Well, I mean, for those people who aren't out there, it doesn't mean they have to be hardcore runners, but just getting some exercise every day. I think that you know, me not stopping exercising kept me going and kept me healthy. Until today, my legs are still good. I, I still have springs in my legs, which is very good. Usually when they get my age, they, they don't have springs left. 
Well, you you're always right up there at the top of the. Yeah, I'm. I'm training hard for the Kona Marathon. Are you? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm actually going to start. Oh. The next few days. The next few days. <laughs> Whenever. <laughs> the Kona Marathon. John, the founder of the Kona Marathon. Jim Lovell, the, the race director, and uh, Sharon. Beth yeah. uh, yeah. is helping you out this yes. year, and and it's coming up Sunday, June twenty eighth, and plenty of time to enter. Not maybe not for the marathon, but there's a ten k and a five k, which is a six point two mile and a three point one mile walk or run. Starts at the Kaho Beach Hotel, finishes there with a great party. And John, all your brothers and sisters, Dinah and and Marie. I, I remember Marie when she started running and was doing her five k, and she's done what like sixty marathons now. Oh, and, she's she's tough. And I know don't do Kathleen and Ernie, who I know are big uh, fans up at the uh, basketball at the Kona Wina. I had a talk with Bobby Awa, and she said they're relentless fans up there. I guess Veronica played basketball, but yes. you've gotten gotten everybody into being a part of the run. Is that pretty satisfying to you to see all your family come down and participate? Danny, he was a runner. Yes. Is he still a runner? Uh, no, but he's he, going to run. He used to run a yeah, lot of races. Yeah. Run, yeah, he was a pretty good runner when he was younger. We were all were pretty good when we were younger. Yeah. <laughs> and how's that feel, though? Just, I mean, this, because you've been doing the Kona Marathon how many years? Do you remember? I can't it's remember. It's at least it's 10 just, now, I think. It's 15 or 16. But or it's got to be a great feeling. UCC Coffee, you've gotten them involved in an event that they can really oh, give back yes. to the community. Yes, and and Konataki Farms. What a mm-hmm. nice combination that is. Yes, and uh, the good thing is, uh, I expect like over a thousand runners this year, and that's very good. Uh, it's just like a fun thing to do. It's John Konotaki, founder of the Kona Marathon. Again, KonaMarathon.com. Also, what had a great, a stellar career as a jockey on the mainland where I knew him. He was he was a jockey at Detroit Racetrack and a very fine runner in our events. He was number five every, every race. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to take a little break, but we'll be right back here on the Emily TGL Talks Golf and other sports show here on ESPN Radio, AM 850 in Hilo, AM 790 in Kona.